welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 37 is entitled, Why I Believe in Intelligent Design. Who can possibly deny the genius of science? Perhaps no other age has enjoyed the knowledge that we enjoy of the discoveries of science. Science has allowed us to harness the energy of the universe. Science has helped us to understand the forces of nature. Science has invented telescopes that penetrate the fathomless cosmos, revealing its unending patterns. Science has invented microscopes that fathom the infinitesimally small universe that makes up matter. Science has unveiled the genetic code. We are beneficiaries of their genius and dedication to discovering the truths of the natural world. However, the genius of their knowledge of the natural world does not give them the authority to tell us what to think about the supernatural or spiritual world. We are composed of two separate entities, a spirit body and a physical body. Our spirits are immortal. Our physical bodies are mortal. There are two complete sets of laws spiritual laws and temporal laws. Our spirits are subject only to spiritual laws. Our mortal bodies are subject to temporal laws. All life is spiritual. The spirit can live without the mortal body, but our mortal body cannot live without our spirit. The spirit governs the physical body. Free will and intelligence reside only in the spirit. They are eternal. They are influenced but are not governed by mortal laws. That is why we have free will. The spirit governs life. The brain governs the physical body aided by the spirit. Science draws all of its conclusions about the origins of life, about free will, and about creation and God from temporal laws. On the one hand, science is remarkably competent in understanding temporal laws. On the other hand, science is completely inept in drawing conclusions about metaphysical laws such as the existence of God, the existence of free will, the existence of intelligent design, the origins of life, and so forth. Science has no authority and cannot be trusted in anything related to the supernatural. One of the worst fallacies humans make is the false appeal to authority. Because science is so adept at understanding the natural world, we are prone to accept their views of the supernatural world, as if they were fact. Authority has too many disguises, making it one of the single most incompetent sources, if not the most incompetent source of truth. There's a best-selling fiction called The God Delusion by Mr. Richard Dawkins. It is filled with logical fallacies, couched in scientific terms that any student of Logic 101 could unveil. However, the biggest fallacy of all is the assumption that science has the power to explain the origins of man, or more broadly speaking, the origins of life. In effect, science attempts to use the creations of God to prove there is no God. It is a fool's errand. As the old comic adage states, you can't get there from here. It would be far wiser for scientists, regardless of their opinions about God, to simply admit that they can't get there from the sole study of temporal law. Temporal law is exquisite evidence of intelligent design, but not sufficient proof of the existence of God. Because God is spiritual, he can only be revealed by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a spirit, and his job is to communicate to our spirit the truths about God. 
Science can neither prove nor disprove the existence of God. In effect, they must deny intelligent design in the face of the overwhelming evidence of intelligent design. For example, how does science explain the existence of the genetic code, the Goldilocks zone, the absolute constants that make life possible, the existence of natural laws, the absolute nature of law, the order in the universe, the existence of the seed, the existence of life, the existence of man, the existence of the human brain, the persistence of religion, the ecology of nature, why there is something rather than nothing, the conundrum between life and death, the list is endless, the very existence of death should prove that life is not possible in the natural world alone. Life must have another source. The answer is simple. Like matter and energy, life, intelligence, will, and potential cannot be created or destroyed. Life has always existed in some form. Intelligence has always existed in some form. Every time science reaches the China Wall of intelligent design, they fall back on chance, accident, coincidence, serendipity of circumstances, and luck. Those are non-answers, yet it is the scientific answer for everything. Those explanations mean nothing, yet that is the best science can come up with to explain the existence of life. They say we live in an accidental universe. They appeal to probability inventing numbers that do not exist. They do not explain life. They invent excuses for the anomaly of life. In the scientific world, life should not exist. Life violates everything they know about temporal law. Entropy deals with death. Entropy deals with disorder. They claim that we live in an accidental universe, that the entire cosmos began with the Big Bang, the explosion of a singularity smaller than an atom, yet they can't explain the existence of the singularity. All order is the product of law. Yet science cannot explain why laws exist. The Big Bang, for example, is a symbol of destruction. Yet somehow science has convinced itself that it produced order. Science is dependent upon the four forces of nature, called the Holy Grail of Physics, to explain how the universe was created out of chaos. Where did the four forces of nature come from? Did the four forces of nature come out of the Big Bang? Science would have to say yes, because everything came out of the Big Bang. If science claimed that the four forces of nature pre-existed the Big Bang, then they have the problem of intelligent design, and are right back at the beginning. It is a circular argument. Science would have to admit that the universe is the consequence of intelligent design. Intelligent design must have a designer, and that designer is God. But they cannot do that. It violates their preconceived notion caused by the sole reliance upon natural laws. Of course, the existence of natural law also presupposes intelligent design. Science cannot escape the appearance of intelligent design. That is why chance is their god. It makes it so they don't have to admit that they are wrong. I predict that in the near future, science will discover that the cosmos is older than the Big Bang, older than 14 billion years. It will not necessarily lead them to believe in God, but it will force them to rethink the scope of the Big Bang. Just as it is illogical not to believe in life on other planets, it is illogical not to believe that the cosmos is endless. Science will one day have to face the fact that the universe is endless, 
and that life is endless, and that although in galaxies may come and go, neither its beginning nor its ending can be determined because the cosmos has no beginning and has no ending. It has always existed. With that, they will also discover that although galaxies may run their course in a world of entropy and end in a giant heat death, others will take their place. And just as there is no beginning to creation, there will be no end to creation. As Paul said, science looks through a glass darkly. In desperation, science even uses the theory of evolution, which depends upon death, to explain the existence of life. It is an inherent contradiction. They carry their theories beyond the boundaries of known science to promote their agenda. Those are post hoc explanations. The theory of evolution assumes the existence of life. Evolution protects the species, but it is more related to classification and division of life than the cause of life. It has nothing to do with origins. It is more akin to death than life. To the perpetuation of the species, evolution can only be discerned after the fact. In the following, I want to list 15 principles, or 15 assumptions, that must be true for life as we know it to exist. Assumption 1. Certain things must self-exist, having neither beginning nor end, requiring no explanation. For example, intelligence, life, consciousness, matter, and energy. Assumption 2. Potential must also self-exist. Nothing can evolve into something it is not. It is the law of the harvest. Nothing, regardless of how many years pass, can exceed the information contained in the seed. For example, everything may reach its potential, but nothing can grow beyond its own potential. Man has the highest potential of all. The genetic code teaches us that principle. Assumption 3. Something can never come from nothing. That is fundamental to the law of creation. The greatest scientific blunder of all time is to claim that something can come from nothing. Assumption 4. Chaos is a natural state, and unless acted upon, all matter and energy would remain in a state of chaos forever. Assumption 5. Law is necessary to bring order out of chaos. All order is a product of law. Laws do not self-exist, but matter and energy do. Laws, therefore, must be organized out of the natural potential of self-existing matter and energy. Laws must be organized by harnessing the natural energy of the universe. Laws require intelligent design. Assumption 6. All order is the product of a complete set of laws. Laws are organized into complete sets and are independent in the sphere in which they operate. Assumption 7. All laws, regardless of how varied they appear to be, peculiar to their own sphere, are governed by a single law or single set of laws because laws cannot compete or fight among themselves. Assumption 8. Opposition is fundamental to life and must exist in all things or there can be no life, no law, no organized power. Assumption 9. Along with intelligence, life, consciousness, matter, energy, and potential, truth self-exists. Truth can be discovered but not created. I equate light with truth. Out of light and truth come law. Law is to truth what the physical body is to the spirit. Law is the personification of truth. Violate law and you violate truth. All evil is a product of the violation of light, truth, and law. God represents all light. 
all truth, all knowledge, and all law. That is why he is God. We are the children of God. Only the children of God have the potential to become like God, that is, to have all light, all truth, all knowledge, and all law. Only by obedience to law can we become like God. In other words, only by obedience to law can we reach our full potential as children of God. Assumption 10. Everything that exists is made of matter, even the spirit of man. Without the self-existence of matter and energy, there would be nothing instead of something. At the core of everything is the self-existence of matter and energy. Assumption 11. Light and truth must be equivalent. Therefore, law, light, and truth must be equivalent. Omnipotence is to have all power, in other words, all law. Omniscience is to have all knowledge, in other words, to have all light and truth. That is why God is God. He has all knowledge and all power. Hence the appellation omnipotence and omniscience. Assumption 12. Laws have boundaries imposed upon them, and that which is governed by law cannot exceed those boundaries. That is how order is preserved, protected, and perfected. As a model, we only must study temporal law. Temporal law is modeled after spiritual law. They are mirror images. Know one and you know the other. Their function is different, however. Temporal law governs temporal things. Spiritual law governs spiritual things. Assumption 13. There must be a single governing law of everything, and all laws must be encircled under one complete set, else things could not hold. It is what I call the law of justice, the ultimate law, the governing law of everything, the holy grail, the eternal truth of God, the absolute law of the universe, the only unconditional law, and that is why we need God. Justice is the very essence of God. Any imperfection, and God would cease to be God. Assumption 14. Law is a highly organized state created by intelligent design from the self-existent power of the universe to perform a specific purpose. Laws are conditional and act independently in complete sets with other laws. Laws themselves have boundaries and conditions beyond which they cannot go. In addition, the purpose of law is to establish boundaries and conditions to the sphere, in other words, to bring order out of chaos. A planet such as Earth, for example, is governed by a complete set of laws acting independently to give free will to man and to preserve, protect, maintain, and establish order. All creations, whether moons, planets, suns, stars, galaxies, clusters, etc., are assigned a specific set of laws to perform a specific function. It is the purpose of science to discover those laws. Understand law and you will understand the purpose of a star, planet, solar system, galaxy, etc., to which they are assigned. Understand law and you will understand God. Those laws acting on the principle of causality can be identified. All laws are in harmony with all other laws. That means, of course, that purpose precedes law, and purpose requires intelligent design. Assumption 15. There are two complete sets of laws. Temporal laws are what we call natural laws or laws of nature. That is the realm of science. Temporal law is bound by entropy and all things subject to temporal law end in death. Spiritual law are what we call the laws of God. That is the realm of the supernatural. Spiritual laws are not bound by entropy. Spiritual laws govern the supernatural realm and give immortality and eternal life to man. 
On earth we are governed by temporal laws, and death ends the power of temporal law. In heaven we will be entirely governed by spiritual laws. Now we have a temporal body. On earth we have both a spirit and a physical body, which is called the living soul. In heaven we will have only a spiritual body. In other words, we will have an immortal spirit and an immortal resurrected body, no longer subject to temporal law. We will be entirely governed by spiritual laws and will never suffer another physical death. My assertion is that any theory that violates these assumptions is false. My primary conclusion is that without intelligent design, life as we know it would not be possible. This is why I believe in intelligent design. And like other Christians, I believe that the intelligent designer is God. Science has proven that intelligent design exists. It is science that discovered the Goldilocks zone. In Stephen Hawking's words, the habitable zone is sometimes called the Goldilocks zone because the requirement that liquid water exist means that like Goldilocks, the development of intelligent life requires that planetary temperatures be just right. End of quote. The fact is that our system is so fine-tuned that any deviation would prevent life as we know it from happening. If our system were off just a point, life could not exist. However, look at the language science uses to explain the existence of life. The following quotes also are the words of the late Mr. Stephen Hawking in his book Grand Design. 1. Our solar system has other lucky properties without which sophisticated life forms might never have evolved. 2. The lucky coincidences pertaining to the shape of planetary orbits the mass of the sun, and so on, are called environmental because they arise from the serendipity of our surroundings and not from a fluke in the fundamental laws of nature. 3. Were it not for a series of startling coincidences and the precise details of physical laws, it seems humans and similar life forms would never have come into being. According to the assertions above, who is our creator? Lucky properties. Lucky coincidences serendipity of our surroundings, startling coincidences. Mr. Hawkins' conclusion is this, I quote, Our universe and its laws appear to have a design that both is tailor-made to support us and, if we are to exist, leave little room for alteration, unquote. Modern science examines our world through the Hubble telescope, penetrating further than any other generation. And what do they see? Order. Perfect order and endless galaxies. Modern science examines our natural world with the naked eye. And what do they see? Order. Perfect order. Modern science examines the world of the atom through electron microscopes. And what do they see? Order. Perfect order. Those are three separate dimensions. The telescopic dimension, the macroscopic dimension, or the world we live in, and the microscopic dimension. And all that they can come up with is that our universe and its laws appear to have a design. Our universe and its laws certainly do appear to have a design. However, even with absolute proof of intelligent design, everywhere they look, they still deny an intelligent designer. Well, science does have an intelligent designer, but it is not God. It is luck, chance, accident, coincidence, and serendipity of circumstances. And, of course, they treat the existence of miracles the same way, using the same terms. Science really has proven the existence of intelligent design. However, 
God does not fit into their paradigm. The problem science faces is that life is outside their knowledge of natural laws. Therefore, rather than admit there is a God, they attribute it to chance, which is not very scientific. Some scientists try to prove the existence of life through the laws of probability. The problem is that infinity does not have a law of probability. No one comprehends infinity. Mathematicians may produce symbols for infinity and offer many explanations and infinite discussions, but infinity does not fit with the laws of nature which deals with death and time. Therefore, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. I leave science to science. Science really is brilliant when they stay within the parameters of natural law. However, when they wander in the uncertain area of theology, they are lost, and their opinions are just that, opinions without substance. Luck, chance, accident, coincidence, and serendipity of circumstances are not scientific answers. They are meaningless statements of no value whatsoever. They represent a kind of arrogance, a kind of hubris, an inability to simply say, there is no known explanation in science on the subject of God. I do not rely upon science for advice on my religious beliefs. I certainly would not throw my religion overboard on scientific theories based on flippant opinions. Never mind the overwhelming evidence of intelligent design. What about the unprovable theories based on evolution? First, let me say that I believe in the provable science of evolution. I reject the way atheists use evolution to try to prove that God does not exist. It is beyond the realm of science. The only way that science can prove even the possibility of man descending from monkeys is to prove that monkeys have 100% of man's DNA. They haven't been able to do that. In fact, in their enthusiasm to confirm their opinions, the claims of genetical similarities have proven to be exaggerated. What is the percentage now, 94 or 95%? The similarities, though high, are not enough to remove reasonable doubt. In an objective courtroom, the monkey could not be convicted of having human children. Science also seems to overlook the fact that the most brilliant monkeys are too stupid and too primitive to be the parents of the human race. When personal agenda reigns, the first things to go are facts logic, and common sense. In the 15 assumptions above, I state why I believe that the only scientific answer to creation is intelligent design. I further assert that any theory that violates or contradicts those assumptions is false. My primary conclusion is that without intelligent design, life as we know it would not be possible. There would be no Goldilocks zone, no serendipity of circumstances, no constants, no forces of nature, no laws, there would be chaos. I believe in God because of the witness of the Holy Ghost. I give no other explanation. I believe in intelligent design because of the assumptions listed above. And like other Christians, I believe that the intelligent designer is God. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.